0: Welcome to the Secrets of Mindful Health podcast. I'm your host, Beth Warren. Today we have a special guest, Betty Deutsch. Betty is a mom of five. She's a four-time national marathon champion and professional runner for Israel. She started running just seven years ago as an out-of-shape mom and is currently training to represent Israel in the Paris 2024 Olympics. You can follow her on Instagram at Marathon Mother. Welcome, BD. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so
1: glad uh, I finally made this happen.
0: (laughs) I know, and I'm so excited to meet you. I I never typically fangirl. I think I'm fangirling a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Oh,
1: well, you're really cool. I love seeing you box. I love seeing everything you do. Um, You know, it's an honor to be on your show. So thank you for having me.
0: Amazing. I really relate to you as a mom of kids and striving for your goals, pushing actually as an athlete, an official athlete with the work-life balance. So tell us a little bit more about your journey and what brought you to become known as Marathon Mother. (laughs)
1: Honestly, I think that every mother could be called Marathon Mother, right? Because we're all just running marathons every day. Um, So I just started out as your typical mom who wants to get back in shape um, I had not exercised in six years. I had during which I had four kids, thank God. And I felt like something needed to change, but I was so struggling to find that motivation. I think we can all relate to that. It was like, you know when you say, oh, I'm gonna pay money, sign up for the gym, that's gonna work. like, or I'll sign up for this class online. like nothing worked. And then I said to my husband, That's it. I am running a marathon. And I knew having the goal of 26.2 miles was going to force me to train. And I always say it was the best decision of my life. I have never looked back. I have not stopped running and it took me to places I could never have imagined it would, you know,
0: it's been a journey going to get into all that (laughs) because what, what fascinates me with what you just said, and probably says a lot about you as a person is, you went from looking for a gym membership that you connected to, to, hi, I'm going to run 26.2 miles, like not even a 5k, but (laughs) 26.2 miles.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah, I think it runs in the family, but like, I'm a bit just like jump into something. I'm not scared. And, um, I knew like, I, I definitely can do things to the extreme, but I knew more than anything else that like, if I had picked any other distance, I wouldn't have felt the same motivation. And I just needed that like, you must do this to get me out the door, you know? And I didn't tell I anyone also, when I signed up. I was oh, very, wow. it was my personal secret, like just me and my husband. And I, I loved that part of it.
0: I think that's actually really beautiful. I, I That just hit me what you said, how something should feel connecting for you. And also you shared it with your husband. So it was a nice moment for the two of you which feels nice sometimes, especially in this world of social media, where everything's out there, where you kept something for yourself. Yeah. And my husband was like my biggest supporter, which I'm so grateful
1: for. You know, it's, it's, it's not always like, it's not a given, you know, marathon training was a lot. And the one thing I would say is that, sorry for all the noise. I have my son in the background. I'm hopefully. Hi,
0: we just said mom of five. We are not, and you're in Israel time. So don't worry about it. We get it. Um, but also I will say
1: that he had been cycling for the first, like f- six years of our marriage. He was a big biker and he always, whenever he went out, even if it was Friday afternoon, if he wanted to go for a ride, I saw how important it was for his mental and physical health. And I was super, you know, go, go enjoy your ride. So I think me supporting him for those years really helped that when I said, I want to do a marathon, he was hundred percent behind me. And yeah, he's always been there.
0: (laughs) That's so beautiful to hear because the reality is, is when you want to meet a goal, it's, it's necessary. Mm -hmm. Not even nice to have, to have support.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I don't think, I think that's the biggest thing people ask me, you know, how, how do I start running? And I always suggest like find a group or a training partner or someone who could hold you accountable. Like, You, especially in the beginning, when you are going to struggle to get out the door before it's this like routine and before you enjoy it, like you need someone behind you.
0: For sure, because in the beginning, especially all the challenges hit you head on, even if it's physical challenges or time challenges or anything. And since you're not experienced yet in recognizing challenges and, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? because it's your first time experiencing it, you kind of need those people on the side being like, oh, no, either I've been there before, just push through it, or something along those lines. I think that once you develop that, you still need that. But over time in your training, you start to become like, oh, okay, oops, another challenge. All right, I'll get through this one, too. And I know that you've shared your share of challenges in various areas, which is why I love following you is extremely relatable that you show what I look to teach on this podcast that they're we don't all just come to be this. We deal with our own challenges and we do our best navigating them because we have goals and we like how it makes us feel or whatever the issues are. So I know a lot of physical setbacks recently happened for you that you shared about. Um, Do you feel it was a lot of mental capacity to help push you through it? Like what really got you through that? Because I'm sure that was really Hard, even when I had a recent hip issue, feeling like it was a setback, it was, I was looking at you during your setbacks around the same time. And I'm like, wow, cause it's, especially when you're driven as an athlete, you, you really feel the setbacks and you need to take a step back and do what you need to do. So how did you help yourself get through that? Yeah, I, I think it's
1: funny. Like every challenge you face, the first time you deal with that challenge You're like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest thing. This is the worst thing. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. And what I've really seen is that it doesn't get easier, but we become stronger. And, you know, I look back at the challenges that I talk about, you know, when I share my story. So in 2018, I was severely anemic and I found out I had celiac disease and I was training for the Jerusalem Marathon and it felt like such a big deal. But at the end of the day, I wasn't even professional then, nothing mattered and everything worked out for me in that experience. But So I feel like with each challenge, I have gained more mental insight, but also more of the ability to surrender to God's plan and faith, because I don't think I could get through it without my faith. And I always say, faith is a muscle that you flex. And how do our muscles get bigger? Every time we put them against resistance, right? And the heavier the resistance is, the stronger they become. So each time that I've undergone a challenge, which I thought, no way could it get worse, right? Getting Corona in the middle of your best marathon ever when you're in the shape of your life, that's pretty bad. But then getting injured when you qualify for the world championships and the European championships, and it was the one and only time in my career that it did not fall out on Shabbat and I was injured like new level right so I I can't I think that the biggest thing is first of all again like surrender faith second of all do give yourself time to process and experience grief and loss like if you put yourself in denial and say I I'm not a fan of toxic positivity like life is hard Mm -hmm. like let yourself you know but um, and then finally, I think really asking yourself and looking for specific ways that you can come out stronger, that you can change from it, that you can translate that into like, you know, becoming the next best version of yourself. Because ultimately, every obstacle and roadblock in our life is there to help us grow. And if you choose to look at it from that perspective, then you're going to look back and say, wow, that was a turning point in my life. That was like a breakthrough, Right. And you have that choice always on how you look at things. And I always, I think it's an an incredible thing. Like we cannot control, we cannot control for one second. What happens to us, right? We are not sitting in the driver's seat, but we can control 100% how we react and what we choose to take from every experience.
0: I think that was so beautiful. I really like how you boiled it down to three stages of that and. It's also recognizing your own efforts in it, meaning you're doing your thing, you're fighting for it, you're running, you're doing your training. And then if something were to happen, it makes sense that you go to those three categories because what (sighs) are you going to do? You've done everything. So now this isn't about you doing or not doing, but still a tough pill to swallow, like you said. So I appreciated the necessity to go through a grief period because that's what it is. You did lose something, right? And I think that was a huge message for people to recognize about I think that we could always end on a positive note in terms of let's say finding something to be grateful for but that doesn't discount what we might have gone through or lost so that's huge yeah actually that,
1: to me, um, just that point like I wasn't always good at that like my secret I guess my biggest coping mechanism how I've gone through a lot of things in life that I haven't even shared, but just like I'm able to push through, right? And as an athlete, you're always powering through. But ultimately, like I realized this year, like you can't always power through. And if you don't learn mm. to listen to the voices and let yourself feel and let the emotions come up, like it will come back to to get you some other way. So I'm really trying to tune into that and being able to then flip the switch when I am in like Compet- competition or workout and just power through. It's like, it's a hard balance, but I think it's another phase of growth. Right. And it's so important.
0: I totally felt what you just said. It First of all, the way you phrase it as it's growth. Yes, absolutely. Maturity, learning from experience and then recognizing no matter what people see from us on the outside, you can't do it all. And it's not so easy and you do need to take a step back, I, I like to refer to things as a hamster wheel like this, even with peop- with clients of mine in nutrition, that you get on a hamster wheel and then it's moving because you build a momentum, but you do slow down sometimes and then you build it back up. But the slowdowns are important and it doesn't mean backing off or stopping, but you need to sort of slow down. I don't even wanna call it taking a step back. I wanna call it just slowing down. So that's what resonated with me with what you just said, because allowing yourself to process an emotion that might be coming through isn't a step back. It's, it's slowing it down. So then you can push harder and you're, you're a marathon runner. So the whole thing about tempo and (laughs) pacing yourself, it's a relatable (laughs) message that just like you got to pace yourself in a marathon, you have to pace yourself with things that might come up and they actually not only release quicker, but they help you push more or take whatever you learned from that and then go further. And so that's a really insightful thing with this whole uh, world of having to process through emotions.
1: Yeah. I love that. I love what you just said. I really, I feel it like it's hard sometimes. Cause you don't, you don't see the end when you're in it. Right. And you want to hope that the end is going to be what you want and you have to, but you also do have to go through all the messy parts to get there. And I like the analogy of slowing down because it's not always easy to slow down, but it's so necessary. And again, yeah, it will help you speed up in the long run. Um, It's funny that you said hamster wheel because honestly, when I was in Tokyo running the marathon, I actually felt like I was on a hamster wheel in the beginning, but not in a good way. Like I felt like I was running so fast and a marathon is is controlled. Like in the beginning, it has to be really controlled and really slow. But, well, not slow, but like feel really relaxed because you're going to be running for so long. And I was like, oh my gosh, this feels so fast. And at a certain point, I almost was like, I have to quit. And then thank God. Yeah. I slowed down for like one kilometer and then miraculously, like my mindset shifted and I was able to
0: Finish strong, but um, yeah, <laughs> that analogy reminds it's, me. Yeah, of. because it's interesting. It's its own art form, you know. I, you know, I go, I buy. <laughs> I'm a fighter, and and there's an element of you're running, sometimes it's actually harder to learn the art of slowing down, meaning it's its own skill to learn yeah. to slow down, totally. just like in boxing. Like it's, it's a, Every sport sort of has that. So that makes a lot of sense. Another challenge that you talk about, or you don't even, honestly, I put that word in your mouth. You do not reference this as a challenge, but you describe your faith. You're a Jewish mom. You are very strong uh, in your devotion, I guess you could say, or your commitment, your commitment to more modest clothing. I I am in awe of that as a fighter because I even try with my little skirt, which is not, it's just sort of putting something on that makes me still feel connected and modest in my own way. But I also recognize, especially in running, that every piece of clothing you have on is another layer or another couple of milliseconds probably of your skirt getting stuck a little bit in the knee and whatever. So how do you balance holding true to your beliefs and even in this case, modesty and then wanting your goals? How do you balance that? I can't give it all because of this yet. I also feel connected to that. It's a big balance. Yeah, I, it's
1: funny cause today I was running, I only train with guys and like, it's already starting to be like, it's not even hot, but the second the sun's out, everyone's shirts are off. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go into summer season mm. where I'm in like three layers and everyone else is like just wearing nothing. And and I'm always like, part of what I do to like pump myself up kind of when it's like the last rep and I'm just like working so hard. I'm like, BD, you are the only mom here. You are the only woman here. You are the only one running in all this clothing and you're still like hanging on to them. Like you go girl, you know? So I yeah. kind of think you just have to look at for me the way i think about the fact that i'm choosing to dress modestly it's my choice you know um it's something that i wear as like my badge of honor if i chose to see it from like this perspective of oh poor me i'm wearing more clothes it's holding me back i think it would really affect me a lot more and i don't even consider it as something that is like holding me back at all i really am um honored to to dress this way it's something that i feel like keeps me in check, you know, the, the value of modesty to be humble, to realize who is truly the source of my strength at the end of the day, you know, as much as I'm such a competitive athlete and I am so deeply invested in this, like I really ultimately am doing it because I want to bring more of, you know, God's light into the world through who I am through my existence. So dressing the way I am is just like part of that whole package and I'm proud of it. And I feel like it's yeah. it's cool in this world, you know, like every, you I just want to send that message also, even if it's not about the whole mitzvah or, or you know, custom of dressing modestly, it's like, just for any woman out there to know, like, however you want to show up, whatever makes you feel comfortable, you can do at the start line of race. And there's not like one way you have to look as a runner and, and be proud of who you are. And when, I really believe when you respect yourself, others respect you and I've seen it, you know, So
0: that's one of my, Uh, I love that you want to show up a certain way for yourself and that you're connected in that. And that makes you actually perform as good as you can be irrelevant of the weight or whatever of the clothing. It's just a whole different base. Um, I know you deal also with challenges of the work life balance of family life and your travel. And I'm just, I love how you're I'm sure that's difficult, meaning I can't even imagine because, I mean, I do imagine, because I also go through it, but to manage the the balance of, or picking and choosing, you know, because I also have to be picky, I'm sure you too, of what I take on. Mm -hmm. You wanna do everything, but you can't. And what goes through that like decision process, I know recently you traveled somewhere, I lost where it was, but it looked, I was, I want you to put a documentary together of that trip, because it looks so fun. And talk about leading by example, you were there, in your way, sharing customs with them and they were sharing customs with you. So tell us about that trip and how that came to be and how you balanced that.
1: Yes, I was in Kenya for three weeks for altitude training, and it was a big decision for me and my family. And it was the first time that I traveled by myself for that long. Um, I have done altitude training with my whole family, but that was over the summer and it obviously does not work out for all of them to leave school and job (laughs) for three weeks. So I felt, you know, most endurance athletes, like all the elite runners, they're all training at altitude for usually six weeks. And like in Israel, the top runners are guys from, and they're all going to Ethiopia. Either they're not married, they don't have family, or if they have one or two kids, they're like, peace out. You know, six weeks gone. Mm-hmm. I never, I, I can't do that. I would never do that. This was like, I felt like, you know, this was a big decision. We talked about it for months, and I really prepped my family and the crazy thing was like, you know, they were so invested in my success also that like when I came back from Tokyo, which is the marathon I was training for, and I hadn't actually run, you know, a new personal best. I ran a 232, which is very fast. It was pretty close. Like my fastest time ever was 231. It was pretty close, but like they were so disappointed, even though I was actually hundred percent happy. Like I felt genuinely happy with the race, but they were like, they had been so invested in that and it was harder for me to explain to them like no no it's okay like this is what i need to do but you know just because they had been at home it's hard for me to be gone you know i think being the thing that i think about when i make a choice yeah i'm extremely selective about what i do i get offered a lot to come to america speak here do this and you can't train at a high level and be a mom a real full-time mom and do everything else like you really have to be focused on what your priorities are And I just remind myself all the time that this is such a short phase of my life, like me being their mother and anyone else can replace me in all the other things that I do, but no one's going to replace me as a mother. And when you just remind yourself of that, like that's the, that's the base, that's a foundation. And so then you can make your decisions based on that. And yes, sometimes I'm going to be a little bit less present as a mom and more present in my, in my running. But other times I know, you know, there were other times where I prioritized my family over overrunning and and that's and it's just that constant balance and and being i think communicating that with your with your kids always cuz i think that we set examples for them and that it is possible to like you're doing it to pursue your passions as a mother and we should but it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean there's always
0: one clear answer and you definitely cannot do all the things all the time <laughs> i think you brought in so much like no we're not superhuman yes we have to make sacrifices we have to balance so that's why i don't love the word balance i've spoken about it before i like juggling because exactly what you said sometimes you you are more focused on family life and then your training has to go down a little bit but then you'll focus more on training your family life has to go down a little bit it's not balance. balance means it's equal at the same time and that's impossible yeah. it's impossible and It's also setting expectations in all those areas, like as an athlete and you give yourself some grace with that. I can't go six weeks, but you know what? Maybe if we arrange this appropriately, then I could go with three weeks, which is beautiful. And I loved what you said about recognizing that you have a short-term window here and you want to take advantage of it to the fullest. And the reality is it's, it's a part of you. It's a part of you that needs attention too. And if you give yourself that attention, you show up better as the mom as all this stuff we can not ignore completely. And I think this is an important conversation to have for moms. Like you can't ignore parts of you that you need, you know and you could find a way with it. It might not be how you expect of it. But whenever someone feels like they're fighting themselves and something that they need, like you said earlier in the podcast, it's gonna come out to to haunt you somehow. It's gonna come out another way, maybe in through a temper. I don't know, we're all losing our cool in the house, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be uh, The reason why I love that you're a guest. It doesn't have to be in a marathon. It doesn't have to be in a boxing ring. But I hope that people use our examples to feel like, you know what, there is this thing in me that I feel I need. How can I make this work with my priorities of family? So any tips we could give to moms that are trying to, to first of all, even identify what they need, but they know they need something. And then how to try to give them like baby steps here, not Kenya, but like going you know for a walk <laughs> down the block
1: <laughs> yeah you know i mean but again like 7 years ago i was at the point where i wasn't doing anything for myself and and it's so crazy for me to think about it now how did i go 6 years me someone who runs a ridiculous amount every single day like i go i can't breathe without running right it's like my life and then i didn't move for 6 years and it was and it was like from this good intentions like i thought oh, i'm so busy as a mom i don't have time for myself and the second i started running i just felt like i couldn't believe how how good i felt so i think i think starting with movement in some way that feels good to you like it doesn't have to be running but getting and i going outside making time for a class an exercise class you like some people love zumba pilates i don't know there's so many options i specifically think you have to find something that you're excited by right like if, if, if don't turn on an online program that you feel forced to do, like it has to start from this place of, wow, this is really, you know, what I want to, what I want to do. And if you're not like sure where you want to go, I think speaking to friends or mentors who know you better who you could like bounce ideas off really helps. Um, and I think like, especially if you want to set a goal for yourself, that's where a mentor or like, you know, spouse could really help you. Cause when I signed up for the marathon, I didn't even want to set a time goal. I was so, I was so scared, right? I, I was so hesitant. And it was because I had kind of lost touch with the part of myself that is not scared. Like, I'm a reckless, I was a reckless, fearless teenager Adventure. who loved things, right? But then I got stuck in the rut of um, the great rut of motherhood okay. and I lost that confidence. And again, like you're saying, like shaking yourself up, doing something, maybe even if you don't know what you want to do, just like, do something totally different one day. Just go out and just, you know, without any expectation and see where it takes you. Even I'll go on runs not knowing where I'm going. And I enjoy that also. You know, some people think I'm crazy because I live in whatever, but you you got to do what's, what <laughs> feels reasonable for you. And, but a little bit- it motivates out of- you. Yeah.
0: yeah, motivates you, takes you out of your comfort zone and recognize that's the part of the process. If it wasn't something that made you scared and and out of your comfort zone, then it's not what you're looking to do because what we're looking to accomplish here within ourselves is going to push us past our comfort zones, but in a way that also circles back into feeling right. So you never want to go past feeling something's wrong. No, but recognizing there's a degree of discomfort. There's a degree of intimidation. If you are in the family life and the cycle of thank God, we're not saying anything like that, like having kids, the beautiful life that you're living, but recognizing you're sort of, I want to say a little bit lost in that or, or I want to say lost in that, but I was going to say stuck in that all these we have to come up with a new word bd because all of those have Mm -hmm. such a negative connotation we're trying to say that that's a good thing but we still have to see like where where are we in that sometimes people could go back to old things that they've done in in the past and said oh i haven't done that in a while yeah that's Um, a really good example that's one i think you brought up a great point of just bouncing ideas off people who know you and are truly supportive um and want to see you be well and do good so that was actually a great idea i never thought of that um and then also like you said not setting expectations and being very open to experiences more and more in life. I'm recognizing just be open, you know, allow Hashem really, like you said, God will help you. If you take the steps, he will lead you to the next if that was the right step for you. So it's really about you starting to just take the step.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think if you're feeling, if you're feeling so disconnected from yourself or so even just overwhelmed by the thought of trying to do something, just to like, not to be hard on yourself for being in that position, just to recognize like getting thrown into motherhood. I don't know. I feel like I was on autopilot. Just, I don't know, you know, like we have certain cultural like norms and expectations that aren't always like the easiest thing to do. And we push ourselves a lot as mothers without realizing, and you could get burnt out without realizing also, and then lose touch with a real real core parts of yourself again without realizing and so then yes when you're when you're starting to give judgment and harden yourself that doesn't let you grow and that closes you off so like kind of just being realizing yeah this this is just a situation but i am capable of getting back to myself and getting out of it right
0: <laughs> yeah and then circling back into your other priorities of work or family life i mean this was such a great message for everyone i so appreciate you coming on Beady. How else can we support you? What do you have next coming up? I think you said the Olympics. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Yeah. I'll just say for what, this is how you can, the
1: Olympics are in um, a year and a half next summer, Paris, 2024, God willing, the marathon they've announced the women's marathon will be on Sunday. It's the first time in the history of Olympics that the women's marathon is supposed to be the closing event of the whole Olympics. Um, I have a long way to go because (laughs) basically the criteria has gotten. Yeah, I have to hurry up, I have to get faster. Okay, yeah, Um, we're finishing. (laughs) No, but I I just don't. I have to run, I have to qualify with, uh, I need to run two more marathons, hopefully to give me the times to qualify through the ranking system, which is very complicated. I have a lot of faith in God that he's gonna get me there. I am putting it out to the world. I plan to be in Paris 2024 with Israel on my chest, representing Israel. It's gonna take hard work, but I believe I can be there. And with your support and love
0: and prayers, I'll be there. (laughs) Absolutely. And we believe in you too. We're sending all that energy out to you and praying for you following your journey. That's why we're so thankful that you share with us so we can help send over those positive vibes. Everybody could follow BD at Marathon Mother on Instagram to watch her next journeys unfold. You can follow me at Beth underscore Warren on Instagram or Mindful Health Pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thanks so much for joining BD. Good luck. Thank you so much. This is amazing.